Hey everyone, it's Matt uh, Bryant. I'm one of the pastors here at Rich Fork, and I'm here with Justin Branch, who is our worship leader. Say hey, Justin. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. So uh, we had this idea as we were going through this It's Personal series, this eight-week guide uh, to re-engaging with our community, um, that more than just the sermon on Sunday morning, we wanted to follow up with some really practical conversation and a little bit of personal conversation uh, with myself and some of the staff um, to help you dig into what God's doing in your life. And so this week we're talking about engaging with surrender. And if you listen to our sermon, which if you haven't yet, I would recommend you go back and do that. Go to the website and check it out. Uh, our sermon was on the idea of surrender. And today we really wanted to look at that process and, and really start with a question of, how do you know what to surrender? Like if you're sitting at home, you hear the sermon, you're in your quiet time, and that word surrender just rings a bell with you. What does it look like to surrender something in your life? Yeah, I think we can know that we need to surrender or have this idea of knowing that we need to surrender. But when it comes to identifying what that may be, uh, we might struggle. And so I think even in our It's Personal Journal, there's a line there that for prayer that says, Lord, help me to surrender or give up in a blank. And so really kind of answering the question, if you're struggling with that, how to fill in that blank. Yeah. And when we were, we were talking through this um, and just in an office conversation about surrendering, Justin, you brought up a great um, identifier. Like if you want to know something or an area in your life, um, use the words, what are your tension points? Um, explain that a little bit more. So, you know, I think a lot of times if we are uh, talking to a family member or a friend, or maybe our spouse, um, and there's this point of tension, there's this point of maybe it's disagreement, maybe there's just uh, disunity or there's not harmony there. Um, a lot of times that's, that's a line in the sand or a divider that says, you think this, I think that, you believe this, I believe that. Um, and it can be, maybe it's, maybe it's even within ourselves. Maybe it's, it's an internal conversation that we're having. There's this tension of, man, I know I should be doing this, but I'm doing that. Um, those tension points to me are oftentimes little flags or identifiers to say, Hey, this may be a point of surrender. There may be something here that I need to look at the other side of this and let go of. Yeah. And as we, we continue talking, um, about what it looks like to surrender, you know, I think that tension, recognizing tension points is great, great starting point. And one of the things that went off in my brain when he said tension is I first thought about, well, like anger. But but in reality, there's different kinds of tension. There's there's internal tension we have over a decision, something we don't have peace over. And that's a lot of the way the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So as we started to answer this question on how to identify what you need to surrender to and kind of brought this idea of, well, let me look at the tense areas or the worried spots or those abrasive points in our lives at areas where we need to surrender something. It really led us into this, this almost kind of three-step understanding of what the process of surrendering looks like. And we've kind of already, already jumped into one, which is those tension points. And so we had as our first step of the three was being open to knowing what you need to surrender or knowing that you're wrong or knowing what that is. Because I feel like there's a lot of times um, where we don't move towards surrender. It's because we really don't want to know. Like we don't want to talk about it. We want to avoid it. Um, Justin, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah. You have to be open to knowing you have to be willing to discover um, surrender. Surrender is not something that I think 
it just happens on, on its own. We don't, we don't wake up one morning and think, oh, I'm going to surrender to X, Y, or Z today. It's something that takes intentional discovery, self-reflection, time with the Lord, the Holy Spirit working in our lives to say, okay, there's tension here. There's something that's, that's, that's not right. Um, Lord, reveal to me what that is. Yeah, and I think one one example I have from my spiritual walk is when I was in seminary, um, there were so many people around me that were going to the mission field, and I was so convinced that that was something I couldn't do that I never even asked God about that. And so there was a point in my walk with God where it's almost like God led me through the exercise where I had to get on my knees before Him and I had to say, God, all right. I want to know, are you calling me to the mission field? Because if you are, I know that I have to go. And I literally had to surrender that concept over because for two or three years, I was so against it in my mind. Now, luckily, at the end of that conversation with God, it was more of a moment where he just said, no, I just needed to know you were willing to go. I'm not calling you there. But I totally had to work myself up the willingness to know that God was directing me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, uh, just a personal story of mine, surrender has played a huge part uh, that has just kind of changed my life over the last couple of years, uh, really starting in late 2018, early 2019, when I felt the Lord speaking to me uh, that I needed to let go and not really sure what um, let go meant, but that sent me on a on a journey to go deeper with him to ask the questions Lord, what is what does let go mean? What are you wanting me to let go of? And really trying to uh, dig deeper uh, into that with Him, and what that led me to was uh, a path that I felt like I needed to go down um, for a job or what I would want my future to look like. Um, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me, "Hey, let go of your expectations and just trust me. I've got something else for you." Yeah, and I think that's something. Um across the board as a staff. Um, I think that's been a very common process, especially when you're going with, with a call to ministry or a life direction where you have to be open to releasing the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, and you know, Justin, Justin says this all the time. Um, and I'll only get a few opportunities to say it back to him in the office. It's obedience over outcome. Yep. Um, that's something he came in the door saying that has really, really helped, helped implant in my brain. I've got to know a lot of times just because I think I know the outcome, that's not the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like it's in God's hands. Mm-hmm. And so that first one we were talking about when we're looking at surrender in that process is obviously a good way to identify areas you might need to find or release surrender to is when you have tension. And then your first step is being open to know that you need to surrender something, mm-hmm. being willing just to know, hey, identifiably, this is something I need to surrender. Now, the next point we get to after you go, okay, I'm willing to know whether I need to surrender and you've identified, okay, this is an area of surrender. Our next step really comes to a more verbal thing. It's to the point at which you're confessing, I need to surrender this. Um, and that's where it goes from you mentally being willing to know to knowing and claiming um, and really this step gets really, really difficult if you try to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like this is one, when we talk about discipleship and being around other believers, when you're sitting in a room with other believers and you recognize, man, I really need to surrender. I really need to change this in my life. It's a next level than you just by yourself mentally processing mm-hmm. through it. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, as we, as we 
look at this next step of confessing um, and and bringing this about with someone else. Um, I had to be, I'm going to go back to the previous step, open to knowing as I was open to knowing what the Lord was, was doing in my life and what he wanted me to let go of. And it was, Hey, I want you to let go of what you've expected your life to be, uh, your, your job, your trajectory. And I want to actually send you down this path. I want you to go into full-time ministry. Um, as I was open to know that, and as he revealed those things, um, I needed to confess that. And that wasn't a sinful confession, but it was a, hey, I need to get a, a mentor or someone that can help spiritually guide me and shepherd me through this. Um, and so there were several folks, uh, those in ministry vocationally, those that were just coworkers that I had, uh, other people that I could walk alongside and pray with. I needed to be able to get this out in the open so I could get my questions answered and my answers questioned and just have people uh, help continue to guide me uh, as I was walking down this path of surrendering and letting go. Yeah, and I think when you tie those two steps together, um, you can see them play out because as we have different areas of our life that God leads us to see we need to surrender, um, I can think about a couple that when you put these these two steps together, the steps apply, but their practical is different. So like one of them historically uh, for me, like one of the most tense subjects uh, that has ever existed in my household has been when my son was two, our firstborn son, me and my wife already were starting down the road of do we public school or homeschool? And one of us was adamantly, there's no way we're going to public school. And one of us was adamantly, there's no way we're going to homeschool. And so me and my wife had a conversation where probably for about a year on that first step, neither one of us were open to knowing that God was leading us the opposite direction. And we actually had to have about a year's worth of conversation to get to the point where we both went, okay, you know what? We are closed-minded both sides of this. Like we're not hearing the other person out. We're not to a point where we're prayerfully asking God where it lies us. And you see how it glides into that, that next section to where, we started talking to other couples who had been through this debate. We talked about it with people on both sides and we started confessing. Like when we, we'd sit down and meet with a couple and say, okay, here's where we're at. Uh, I'm completely against it. She's completely for it. What do we, you know, give us some insight here. And those two things working together, got that conversation going. Um, another example that, that some of you might be like asking, well, how do you surrender something that you feel like is beyond your control? Um, about five years ago, I actually it's longer than that. Seven years ago, I'm getting old. Sorry, didn't mean to get distracted. Uh, Justin's laughing at the old guy now for, his, for the way his mind works. But I, I had a struggle with um, anxiety. Um, I had a couple panic attacks. Um, it was in that state. If you struggle with this, you'll know what I'm talking about where you're like physically present, but your mind is racing and panicky and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the biggest things I had to do if we're following these steps is first of all, I had to know. One, yes, this is anxiety because I argued with the doctor for like six months going, no, 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 no. That's that's something that weak men deal with, not me. Like that was that was really my language. It was an arrogant language that I was sitting there trying to claim. But I had to realize like I struggled with anxiety and then I had to talk to some people. I had to confess it. I had to talk about it, which is really hard. If you're an anxious person, talking about anxiety makes you anxious. Um but I had to really process with some people who had fought that battle also. And I had to go, okay, I need to know for me that anxiety is something that never really necessarily goes away, but I have to be able to process it and deal with it and minimize it. Mm -hmm. And so those two steps work together a lot like that. I agree. 
Thank you, Justin. You're very <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm getting on a tangent. And we had we had a lot of other things. Um, just when we're talking about that confession point, um, you know, because what we're talking about with this, just to kind of bring it back around, is first you have to be open to knowing what you want to surrender. Mm-hmm. And then you want to confess primarily to God, because if it's a spiritual issue, confession is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then also you want to you want to talk about it with other believers. You want to find resources, depending on what it is, um, to help you go through that. And in some cases, um, me and Justin were talking about like, OK, so how does this apply to like um, something that's more of a sinful behavior? Mm-hmm. Um, and jokingly, we had had a conversation last week about a TV show that was a very popular TV show about what, like like four years ago mm-hmm. that we were both watching both felt convicted um, about it being something we didn't need to watch mm-hmm. and then literally going through a process where we had to be open to going, okay, it's wrong for me to watch this TV show because there's some elements in it that, that don't put our minds and hearts in a good, good, good set. And then we had to confess with our mouths before God, God, this is not right. And then we'll get to step three here in just a second, which is acting on. And then we had to make a move with it. And mm-hmm. so, as you're prayerfully processing these things and being open to know and confessing, um, you know, those are two steps right out of the gate. You get that tension point. You're open to knowing you need to make a change in that area of your life. And then you're in that little bit of a difficult process of talking about it with somebody, reaching out to somebody. Um, yeah. And one of the things I think is, are so great about these three steps. And as we move into step number three, as Matt's mentioned, the action step, um, I feel like they, they kind of build off of one another. And this is something I'm just kind of seeing now is, you know, open to knowing, uh, that's bringing something to light, but that's bringing that to light, um, between you and God, really. It's kind of, it's kind of, Hey, this is something that I need to, um, bring to light, but confession of that is still bringing it to light, but it's bringing it to light between you and someone else. Now, now someone else is kind of, um, got skin in the game with you. And that's really your, your first step of action. And so as you confess, I think it's just a natural tie that brings us into our third step, uh, which is, is acting on, um, no, we know, and now we need to act on it. Yeah. And and this is where spiritually a lot of people will begin to get hung up. Like if I'm looking at this process and I'm going, you know what, here are the two areas where the most spiritual battles are formed. The first one is in the first step of being willing to know, like getting Mm -hmm. that human pride out of the way. Because a lot of times if you mentally know, you will find one trusted source you can talk to. But the next one is the acting on. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't count the number of times I've either been in counseling, I've been in a discipleship situation where I'm in a conversation with somebody and they're acknowledging they have a problem. They're acknowledging they need to do something about it. But when we get to the rubber meets the road of action, they kind of start to bail mm. and it gets really hard because at that point as, as a pastor, as a friend or as somebody who's leading somebody through something, that's where it just gets hung up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's actually been a few times uh, as God's led me to take a very, very strong stance on some, some things my dealing with, um, you know, I've, I've told someone, I've said, okay, well, well, here's the thing. If you know, this is wrong, you're sitting here before me saying it's wrong and you're telling God that it's wrong but you're not willing to make a change. Um, and Justin's going to comment in a minute because there's something something, something he, that I just said that, that I'll go get back to in a sec. But if you're not willing to make a change, then you need to go tell God that you just want to do it your way and you don't need him. Mm. And, and I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to, to pick a fight, but I do want somebody to realize 
that is the active choice they're making, yeah. just name it. Um, and so one thing that, that uh, Justin said at lunch, because Justin is really great at crafting these one-sentence phrases that are brilliant that should be books, um, he said the action step is not just doing something different, it's becoming something different. So Justin I already stole your language. Why don't you throw some throw some more words in there? No, you're you're too kind, by the way. Uh, no, I think the action is you know again these steps kind of snowballing, and I don't want to say the action is the most important, but it's it's definitely one that um, without acting upon and 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 actively surrendering, there is no transformation. Um, nothing. If you do the same thing, you get the same thing, and so we have to, we have to change. And so I know in my own life, kind of going back to my story, uh, wrestling with calling again, I had to be open to knowing and seeking what the Lord was asking me to do. I had to confess that and walk through, uh, that with others and have people help guide me. And then I had to take action. And I remember a friend saying, Hey, if you feel like this is what uh, the Lord wants you to do and is calling you to do, then you're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to take steps. You're going to have to put yourself out there. Um, and it wasn't that I could just sit at home or keep doing what I was doing and expect God to move or to to work in my life and be stagnant. I had to make a change. I had to not only shift mentally, but that required, um, for me, how it turned out is it required uh, me uh, putting resumes out, uh, you know, praying, asking other people, and then it required an actual, you know, moving halfway across the country uh, to be here at Ridge Fork and, and serving you guys and and. Uh, so it, it takes action. It, you can't just sit still and wait for transformation to happen. You have to be active. You have to pursue it. Yeah. And just to help, you know, Justin gave a great example of that life calling when God calls and moves you. And it doesn't have to be to ministry because I've seen that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see and start to sense where that process begins mm-hmm. that we're talking about with these kind of three identifiable steps is that you're open to knowing, you're confessing, you're talking to people, you're resourcing, you're purposing that leads to that acting. And a lot of times that acting is small steps that have a long shift. And so like if you go back to the anxiety thing, because I think a lot of times with something like anxiety or things of that nature, you'll hear a pastor say, well, just give it to God, surrender it up to him. And you're going mm-hmm. like, that's great, but it's not magically going away this right. afternoon. Um, for my journey, when we get to that acting on, like once I acknowledge that, okay, in my mind, like, okay, this is anxiety. It's a thing. And then I begin to confess it and tell people about it, which helped me process and know it. And it didn't reach an excuse level, like where all of a sudden I became like, well, I can't do this, that, or the other. It was just an acknowledgement of something I needed to deal with. The acting on was a lot of really small steps. It was uh, cutting back on caffeine. It was changing my diet. Um, one of the biggest things for me with anxiety was spiritually, anytime my devotional life begins to slip that seems to be a trigger for it. It's not all the time. Sometimes I can be devotionally where I want to be or where I feel like I need to be. And it's still there. But like this last week, for example, um, I'm probably seven years removed from my first bout with a season of it. Mm -hmm. Well, on Thursday of last week, I've got to preach, uh, the upcoming Sunday and I can already tell my anxiety is starting to ramp up. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make some active choices. I had to really watch what I was eating. I had to make sure I was sleeping. Um, I remember on Friday, I actually, instead of picking up 
to go back over the sermon because we recorded already on Thursday and I knew I needed to, to, to review it Friday and Saturday. But instead of actually reviewing the sermon, I actually grabbed um, a Bible translation I don't preach from and read somewhere completely different in the Bible because I knew I personally needed that. And where that put me at on Sunday, and maybe this is overly transparent, is like because when anxiety affects me before I'm getting ready to preach, it hits me the hardest the 10 minutes before I'm about to walk up on stage. Um, and so I knew that in that in that instance, I was still had some anxiety before I walked out on Sunday morning, but it was manageable. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew I just needed to get out there and give what God got me. And so as we go through this and as we review this, and we're going to wrap things up here in just a sec, your tension points are a great place to identify areas that you need to prayerfully see God and ask for surrender. Um, and then really that process begins to asking yourself, are you open to knowing mm-hmm. if you need to make a change? And then once you have mentally realized, okay, this might be an area, start a conversation with somebody about it. Start it with your Bible study, text somebody with somebody who's just spiritually sound and begin that conversation to help you process that. That leads to identifying things, naming them, identifying lies. And then our third step, begin to act on it. And we're not talking about wake up the next morning and your entire life has changed. Right. Begin to take those steps. Right. And Matt, I think it's great you you mentioned, uh, I think it's great that you mentioned that it's small steps, that it's, it's just daily things that you can do. And it has to be daily. To me, surrender uh, surrendering of your heart and your mind and your soul into the Lord. That is a daily thing. That's not, that is not a one time, Hey, back on January of 2008, I surrendered and never had to do it again. It's a, it's an every day that the sun comes up and you wake up with breath in your lungs, you have to surrender. And I think knowing that we can take these small steps just, just brings me back to the buzzword. And I don't know if we can't remember if we mentioned it or not, but intentionality surrender doesn't happen unless you're intentional about it. It doesn't. And you can look at that in any step, even from the very first step of open to knowing, unless you're intentional about that and you are uh, being reflective and you're seeking the Lord, you have to be intentional about seeking him. You have to be intentional about finding someone to do step two and confess and talk with them. And absolutely you have to be intentional on step three, the action step, you're not again. You're not just going to stumble into surrender. It is something that takes intentionality and proactivity, and uh, just guidance and help from the Lord. Absolutely. And so, just know as a staff, we're praying for you this week. Uh-huh. We are diving in with you. We're asking the question, God, what are those tension points mentally, relationally, spiritually that we need to address? You can pick up a copy if you missed this last Sunday and you're just checking this thing out to see what this podcast is all about. Um, you can pick up a copy of our eight week guide. It's personal, uh, a guide to reengaging our community from the Rich Fork website at richfork.com. And church, we love you and we're praying for you. Thank you.